The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on Youth Voice Amplified are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily represent the official position of the Kern County Superintendent of Schools Office. Any content provided by our guests are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, school, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Youth Voice Amplified covers a wide range of topics that can be upsetting to some listeners. Content warning for each episode and links to resources can be found in the episode show notes on our website. All names in this interview have been changed for anonymity and safety purposes, but their voices and stories are real. When young people share their stories, they can change the world. But some youth voices still go unheard. Join me, Janessa Fisher. And me, Brian Johnson, for this youth-led monthly interview series as young people tell their untold stories of experiences with homelessness, foster care, disabilities, teen parenting, and more. Each conversation will uncover stories of hope, strength from our youth storytellers who want to share the best ways that we can all support youth in similar situations as theirs. If you want to know how to do better for youth or simply just be inspired, this is your show. Every youth has a story to tell. Are you ready to listen? everyone and welcome to Youth Voice Amplified, the podcast where every youth is heard and every voice matters. I'm your host, Janessa. And I'm your co-host, Brian, welcoming you to our very first episode. This is our why episode, where we explain what this podcast is about and our why behind it. But before we get into it, here's a little bit about us. So me and Brian have worked together since the summer, uh, since last summer, right? Yeah, summer 2022. So we've had a lot of time to spend together. We do probably almost everything together work-wise. Um, so, Brian, I have a question for you. Okay. What is your favorite memory of us working together? Ah, oh, man, that's a tough one. We have a lot of memories of working together, but um, one specifically that kind of goes in my mind is when we were delivering backpacks to the schools for our foster and homeless students. And we we were delivering to the, the nearby districts. We were in the Kern County District. And um, pretty much <laughs> one was like, isolated from everywhere else it was like in the middle of nowhere it was like we were like in the midwest and like there was no other places to go or anything it was just the school just planted there and then there was just the freeway <laughs> and it was weird because like in the parking lot there was only one car it was like just a tesla and then we when we went inside no one was at the front desk and then we had to wait we were like hello and then someone popped up i'm like yeah, we're going to die here because there's, there's no one here. Like, There's no one here. We're just in the middle of nowhere. It felt like a movie. It was, it was, was just kind of weird. I was saying that it was like zombie apocalypse. Vibes. Exactly. Like, the world had ended. This is the last of it. I'm like, where's the administrators here? Like, where's everybody? But we did deliver the backpacks. There was someone there but that helped us, but it was just kind of weird. It was at the beginning. It was like, wait a minute. Where are we? What are we doing? Is this abandoned building? I remember. That was too funny. We were, we were so skeptical of everything. Yeah. That, um, that was weird. <laughs> I think for me, our favorite, my favorite memory of us is probably when we were delivering backpacks to an elementary school and they had like three steps. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what happened. You missed a step, but then just the box went and then you went like you fell immediately. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm telling you, the heel of my shoe, these church shoes missed the, the step and I fell. And you just whoop. That was very embarrassing. It was. And that was a heavy box. <laughs> so just for a little background, me and Brian, we are both peer support specialists at the... Um, the Kern County Superintendent of Schools Office. And the foster, you, I don't know how to say that. A foster homeless education program. <laughs> Thank you. Very You're helpful. welcome. That was, that was a good save. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm going to get into a little bit about me as a person. My name is Janessa. I am 21. 
Obviously, I work at KCSOS. I'm a dog mom. I also am a student, a college student. Um, and for about like the first 13 years of my life, I was in and out of the system, um, the foster system. So I was kind of born and broken into in the in care. And throughout those 13 years, I was just in and out of homes um, with my siblings. I am the fourth oldest of 12. Um, and so during those years, I was just in and out of care, going through lots and lots of abuse from homes. And around probably 12, before I turned 13 exactly, I was reunited with my mom and my dad. And it just began like a rocky start to life for me in the sense of like, I struggled a lot with my education. I struggled a lot with making friends. From all I knew since I was, I can remember it was just me and my siblings. And it was like us versus them, us against the world. It was just us against everybody else who would throw anything at us. So for a very long time, it was just us against the world. And so now we have two new parents who are trying to understand and parent us. And to us, it's just another obstacle, another challenge to get through and figure out. Um, so that really stunted my growth in the sense of like learning. I am a big learner. I love to learn as an adult, but as a child, I struggled so hard. And I think it was because we moved so often that I just like lost education with every move. And it was just harder and harder for me. And I probably didn't learn how to multiply until I turned 20. And I actually like sat down and went through flashcards and tried to like teach myself how to multiply. And it just really centered my growth education wise. And socially, I was not doing the best. Um, like I said, it was just always my siblings and I. So I never felt like I really needed anybody else. So after living with my parents for about until I turned 18, I became street homeless here in Bakersfield. And uh, at the same time, I had started college the first time. And so when I became street homeless and started college around the same time, it became harder for me to kind of pick and choose when to go to class and when to go to a food bank or when to line up to go into the homeless shelter or go to a class or figure out something different. So I had to choose between my education and my survival on the streets. And I essentially chose my my survival and I dropped out of college the first time and probably the only time hopefully um, and so I spent probably a good two almost a full three years out of college just trying to rehabilitate myself I was homeless for a, about a year out on the streets and, and then I was um, taken into a program uh, that helps homeless youth and from there I just I realized that that's not what I wanted to be I didn't want to just be a homeless youth. I didn't want to just be a statistic, a stigma, a foster child who had failed. So that's when I kind of took matters into my own hands and I was like, this is when I'm going to start thriving and this is when I'm going to start essentially moving the pieces that need to be moved. And so I just went from there and I continued to grow and soar and, and fly is what I call it. And I just kind of made something of myself because I realized like I wasn't it wasn't going to get handed to me. Obviously, I had to work for everything from this point. So it's probably the same thing with this. And I got out of homelessness and I had gotten my first apartment. And that was just a really big step for me. And from there, I knew that like I could take on a bigger challenge. I could do more. And when I think of like why I do the work I do and why I'm such an advocate in my community, it's because they were there for me when I needed it. They saw me at my lowest and decided, hey, let's put something into this person and see what she does. And so 
that's probably why I do so much in my community. That's that's honestly why I do so much in my community. That's why I want to continue to give back and, and improve stuff for people who are continuing to struggle like me. So um, now I've gone back to college. I'm first semester back at BC. A little nerve wracking, but I'm getting through it. Um, doing the hard courses, of course, first, because I do not like to, um, I don't like math still. Still an ad, <laughs> I don't like math. Struggling with multiplication, but I know it. And I'm very happy to be here on this podcast. I'm very excited for you guys to learn with us and about us and just kind of sit with us and, and listen to these people when they do come on next episodes, episodes from now, and just understand their story and take it in. Janessa, I just want to say, like, you know, even though you've been through everything in your life, I want I just want to genuinely say I respect you and I, you inspire me from everything you've been through and just how you are in life today. You know, it's been great working with you. And I see your passion when you work with the youth. And from your experience and just working with them, I know that you really feel a passion for it. So I just want to say I respect you and you inspire me, even though I'm older than you. You know, you, <laughs> you still inspire me. Thank you, Brian. Um, it's a very full circle moment for me to be doing this work and seeing what I can do and what others can do, like really empowering people and using it to let them grow. Okay, that's enough about me. Brian, <laughs> tell us. Turn. Okay. Pour your life out. So um, I was a former foster youth as well. Um, I was not in the system for that long. I was in for a year. And this around the time I was about six, seven years old. So I come from a single mom and sibling set of six. Um, I was taken when I was around six, six years old. Um, yeah, we went to the Jamerson, and then they, since we had a family set of six, they split us all in twos. I was placed with my middle brother. Well, my my brother slightly older than me. We're like the middle ones. Like, out of two, we're three and four. And um, everyone else was split in twos. Like, we had a one that was kind of like a to two toddlers at the time. There was, like, the two older ones that were probably, like, 10, 11, 12. And, um, yeah, so we were split like that. And in the first home, <laughs> I went to a home where pretty much the parents didn't speak English. So they had a child that spoke a little bit of English. So like the little kid, he was about my age. He was like the translator between the family. <laughs> like, you know, he was, he would, when we wanted to communicate with the mom of the home, he would, he would be the one translating. But we were, we were in there for a short amount of time. It was temporary, but um, it was about a month. And then um, we went to a different home where I was placed with my same brother, the one that was with me in the Spanish home. And um, yeah, we went to a, a private school where we got a different experience like imagine going from Roosevelt Elementary to a different school and it was just a totally different environment and me and my brother were like one of the only well we were the only two people of color and um we just felt like we were just you know all eyes on us we were the, the foster kids and to make matters more even worse <laughs> my my foster parent was my teacher but even though that was a okay experience it felt a little weird but um I just wish, like, you know, I had the opportunity to just go back to my old school and just kind of be normal. And I wish someone would ask me, like, you know, there's school of origin now. There's all those things. I wish I would have had that opportunity when I was a kid. But overall, you know, they were great parents. Um, <laughs> even at the end of my placement with them, they were like, hey, uh, do you want to go home? I was like, no, I don't want to go home. <laughs> but now that I'm older, I'm like, I'm glad they go home. Like, you know, it was best for me. Maybe who I am today probably wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't go home, if I didn't go through all that. Yeah, since it was so short, that's that's about it for my life in the system. But uh, right now what I'm doing, I'm pretty much, I am, my home is a foster resource home. So me and my fiance are foster parents. She actually had the idea and 
and brought it to me. At first, I'm like, nah, we're too young, man. They're they going <laughs> they to listen to us. Remember us when we was kids? <laughs> we ain't listen to nobody. But, um, you know, she's like, that's why they need someone like us because we've been through it. We know what they're how they are and how they think and things like that. Just like we've been through it. Like, you know, we know what they've been through. And I kind of, she put in perspective for me and I was just like, you know what, if you want to do this, I'll support you and we can do this together. And um, we've been doing this for like three years. We've had over like 40 kids and 40 different kids in our home. We have three currently right now. You know, for confidentiality, I'm not gonna mention too much, but um, yeah, it's been it's been great. And some sometimes I see these full circle moments, like, you know, I've had kids and they tell me, hey, when um, when you pick us up from school, can you tell them not to tell, uh, you know, the teachers or wherever that we're like, don't say, hey, your foster parents are here. Like, you know, we've had to have these conversations like, hey, can you just say your mom and dad are here? Like, you know, and, you know, and for me, that's a full circle, because when I was a kid, I didn't want nobody to know I was my situation. Like, you know, so just that experience kind of helps me you know, guide these children and just not feel like alone, you know? So I I feel great in what I do. And I think my fiance, she kind of takes care of the day to day, you know, cause I'm here helping you with that work, but she's at home constantly helping. So yeah, I just, I'm thankful for where I am today and how I can help the youth that, were, that are like me. Thank you, Brian. I And I know you said that uh, you, are inspired by me, but it's the other way around. I, I love your personality and how so like cool and cucumber you can be when I am not like that. I'm the opposite. I'm over here like, what? What did someone say? I'm about to handle it. But you're very like mellow. You're like, it's okay. Like you let things roll off your shoulder. You're very, I, I want to be you as an adult, but I am not. I am not though. No, I wish I was more like you. I'm, I'm too like straightforward. So I, I wish I was more. But thank you for telling us too. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with your full circle moment, like working with these youth and doing what we do today. I feel like it's a full circle for a moment just for me to just see them and be in their lives. And I'm so excited for this podcast. Our podcast is going to, you know, amplify youth voices. We feel like these voices aren't heard. And, you know, we, we hope to share these stories of hope and resilience and just for come, just beating every obstacle that kind of comes your way, you know, it's it's truly inspiring. And I think educators, agencies, and everyone needs to hear these stories because, you know, pretty much asking what would help you guys succeed the most is very important. So first and foremost, I want to just get this out of the way because maybe someone doesn't know what it is. What is Youth Voice? Youth Voice. So Youth Voice is the ideas, opinions, involvement, and initiative of people considered to be young. Like these voices often go unheard, or this group has like been marginalized. Uh, youth Voice does not require any adult adult acceptance or approval. And that's the actual definition, right? Yes, that awesome. is the, the definition. And now, you kind of talked about it a little bit in your story. What does it mean personally to you to be doing this podcast and, and trying to uplift these youth stories? So like pretty much, yeah, I know I touched on it a little bit, but like, you know, I don't want kids to felt how I felt when I was a kid. Like, you know, like when I was in the system, like I'm trying to, you know, help them succeed. Cause I understand that can have take a toll on you. Like personally, like, you know, it kind of affected me how I am today. And just having that person to be there for you is everything to me, like, you know, and just having those, those ears and people listening and actually trying to help you is, I feel like the most important thing that we can do for our youth, you know, they're going to be our future leaders. They're going to be the ones that are dictating how this world goes. Like when we get old, like, you know, so, um, I just wish that, you know, their voices would be listened to more and taken more seriously instead of just 
sitting there and letting them kind of like say, hey, I, I think we should do this. And you're just kind of like, yeah, we'll think about it or not even give them the opportunity to just use their voice. Yeah. And I think personally to me, I think it means genuinely listening. Mm -hmm. I think this means a lot to me because when I was young or when and still now people feel like I don't have a say in the room or a vote on the page because I am so young. I don't understand the world and how it works and I don't understand certain things, but I think that's why it means so much to me is because I want people to understand that even though we are young, we can understand something. Explain it to us. Instead of pushing us aside and saying, you won't understand, I'm not going to explain it to you, this, this, and that. Sit down with us and explain, like, hey, well, it's a great idea, but maybe we don't have the funds. Okay, maybe we can come with a cheaper way to do it or an mm -hmm. easier way to do it other than just kind of pushing us aside and discrediting us for what we are. And I feel like empowerment is a huge aspect of this. And I I am grateful to one of my biggest mentors because um, that's what she did, essentially. She took somebody like me or me, essentially, and used empowerment to empower me. And then I took that and I was like, OK, well, now I am a person. I have a voice. I'm useful. I'm but I didn't have that before where I was just a foster kid, a homeless kid. And she took the time and empowered me. So personally, I think that's what I want this podcast to do. And that's part of our why is like, I want it to be that level. I want us to, our people to listen and be empowered. Same thing for agencies. I want them to say, we can change our programs to tailor fit this. We can make a new new position to this, to just empower youth, to sit there and be with them and understand their story. Yeah, and that's gonna require like some adult and youth collaboration. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just a one-ended collaboration. Like it takes both working together and really trying to get a goal done. What is, and I know we talked about what is Youth Voice, but why is it important to, to uplift it? Well, it's important to uplift it, like I said, like, you know, you're just trying to help them be successful. Like, what do they need to be successful? And, you know, I feel like these stories can impact anyone more than any training ever could. Yeah. Like, you know, you ever been to a training, you're like, you walk out and you're like, you didn't take nothing from it. But that story that you heard really resonated with you and you wanted to be more involved in how could you help? That's what these stories essentially I would like to, you know. You to see them yeah. do. I, I get it. And, and so... I kind of agree with you in the sense of like the importance of it just once again empowering because once we give them that empowerment they can just take it and run they can do their own little little um things with it like they can they they can realize just because we spent a little time and mentoring to put in with them and so i'm really hoping that people take these stories and kind of run with it like like you said from that training you just that story resonated with you it sat with you just that part yeah, I can't. Man, I've been to so many trainings. I'm like, I'm here for the story because I know the story is going to be great. And, um, you know, the training, like trainings are great and all, but sometimes you got to go outside of like the logistics and all that kind of stuff. Like all the, yeah, we know we need to get done, but sometimes you just need to hear an inspiring, uplifting story because that kind of is what made them who they were. Like, you know, and I think it's just more inspiring than any training ever could be. I agree with you. So like our why. So why do we do this, Janessa? <laughs> I think all of those things that we just said combined, I honestly, like, I don't want to repeat myself because yeah. that can be a little annoying, but everything combined for me, at least before anything, is that everything we just said squished together in a cupcake. And I want to say, moving forward, we explain our why, but why now? Sorry, that's bad. As <laughs> our wonderful producer, Kim, would say, it is the golden age of youth voice. It is. It's the, it's the era of media, you know? Um, it's the era of social media, so like podcasting, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, 
the youth really resonate with this stuff. And I feel like, you know, educators can hop on the wave as well. And, you know, with everyone kind of just getting their voices out there, it, this is the, the perfect time, like you said, the golden era. And not only educators, like anybody who works with you, services, mm -hmm. help. Any providers. Like, any providers, honestly. Agencies. It just using this a quick little 40 minute podcast on your way to work or you have a lunch break listen out and you hear a story and you think oh my god i can totally help this person with that problem i can make this difference that is the why now yeah and it's quick it's easily accessible you like you said you can just listen you can be at the gym with this podcast i don't think people do that people listen to music but you know like kim said the golden age of youth voice as far as our target audience we hope it will reach like we said the schools providers and agencies but not just them alone like youth who've also experienced these things like you know imagine listening to this podcast and you're just like you're another youth and you're just like i've been through these things i didn't know anybody else was feeling this way and you know they can maybe they mentioned some way of how they got help or how someone helped them and these resources they went to can p potentially help them like you know it's not just for providers for youth as well kind of creating this quiet community like a hidden community of youth who who can all understand and sit there and hey say hey that that's something i went through and now i know that i'm not alone i'm not the only one that feels this way that's also part of the main point so like about our podcast like you guys heard our why and why now but um you know what our podcast structure essentially is it's like interviews with youth that they talk about adversity things they've experienced um, what schools and agencies and other youth can learn from their these experiences. Um, our release schedule will be pretty much monthly, uh, the first Wednesdays of each month. Mm -hmm. They will be available on uh, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And some of the things that we're going to be talking about, um, we're not going to get too into it. But you you got to listen to the episode to hear what we're going to talk about. Yeah, so we're going to talk about, you know, interview youth who's experienced homelessness. Uh, we're going to have some youth ab adult youth advocates on the show just even topics of you know transgender people who have been incarcerated things like that you're going to hear on our podcast so i hope there you guys are, are so many categories you just have to keep an ear out so if you want to support our podcast we do have through two social medias technically mm -hmm. we have instagram and facebook both youth voice amplified podcast yeah it's the youth voice amplified podcast and also um, we welcome our audience participation. Um, you can, if you have any like questions, comments, or anything, the platforms you can use to be like part of the show. Um, you can email us at youthvoiceamplified at gmail.com if you have any questions. Also, DM us. Like, we want to hear from you guys. We want to understand what you guys, what, what questions you have. And plus, it would be awesome to have some of those questions on our show a little at the end, kind of just interact with you guys a little bit more. Yeah, and our show is very different from, like, other podcasts, you know. Like, we're interviewing youth, um, you know, the, the youth that often don't have the opportunity to, to tell their stories. We're trying to essentially amplify their voice. Our show isn't, like, political. It's not one of the ones where we're just bashing the world. Like, society has failed us in these ways, and this is how they can make it better. It's nothing like that. You know, we share stories of hope, resilience. We try to erase any stigma. You know, all this has the potential to create change. I agree with you. That is why ours is so different. Ours is so out of the box, if you will. Yeah, and we've even like, you know, done our own research and looked at other podcasts, like what can make our podcast better than others? And well, we want to be the best, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just say it like that. We confident, we, we like what we do. We're passionate we do. about it. <laughs> we are. As we're wrapping up, Brian, 
a lot of our guests that we'll have on here, we have a signature question. And I'm going to ask you the signature question first. What is your life motto? So my life motto, I want to reference something that just popped in my head that I kind of go by. It, it goes by um, pretty much it's, a, it's one of my favorite artists, not my favorite artist, but one of my favorite artists, his name is Jermaine Cole, a.k.a. J. Cole, and he made this song called Love Yours. And, um, and the quote from the song that I would like to say is, there's no such thing as a life that's better than yours. And what that essentially means is pretty much like even if you're going through a tough day or you know, you, you, you want better for yourself and all the, those other things. There may be people who have more than you or have less than you or whatever. Like, you just got to think, like, no life is better than mine. Like, you know, like, well, that goes for anybody. Like, there could be the guy who's, like, rich and famous and all that other stuff, but that doesn't take value from your own life. Wow, that is, I love that. That is such a small statement, but it's so impactful to you and it means so much to you. So, Janessa, since uh, I revealed my life model, I would like to say, what is your life model? Um, well, mine is kind of uh, a little off the wall. Um, so mine is from a Dr. Seuss book called The Lorax. And um, I probably heard it when I was in Jameson, honestly, now that I sit and think about it. But the quote is, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. And I don't know, it stuck with me all these years in the sense of like, if nobody's pushing for that change, if nobody's making those movements and trying to catch those calls, then nothing's going to change. If no one puts in the effort and the work and the awareness and bringing awareness, it's not going to change anything. Nothing's going to get better. We're not moving forward as a society because no one's putting in that care, essentially. Yeah, and that's true. You know, unless you care a lot, nothing is going to get better. And so that's what kind of pushes me every day. That's my, 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 my why, personally. Uh, mm -hmm. You see what I did there? That ah, was funny. You flipped it. I did. <laughs> that was good. Um, but that's my why and why I continue to push forward is because if nobody pushes forward, I'm going to be that single driving force. And as far as like, we, we revealed our life models because um, at the end of the show, we're going to ask every single guest, our, this, is our signature, this is our signature question, and we're going to ask, ask every guest, what is their life model? Because, you know, you're going to get a different life model from everyone. Everyone has their own values and things they go by, and this is our way of kind of just... Letting know, it be heard. Yeah, letting you be heard and how you view life and things like that. That's it for the first episode of Youth Voice Amplified. If you enjoyed and want to help support our new show, please tap subscribe on your favorite podcast player and share podcasts with others. You can also catch all the latest from our, from our podcast by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Youth Voice Amplified Podcast. And if you're looking for helpful resources on youth voice and supporting youth experiencing homelessness, please visit the, this episode's show notes on our website at www.kern.org. You can also email us at youthvoiceamplified at gmail.com if you have any questions or would like to recommend a topic or a guest. Join us for our next episode when Brian and I sit down with our first youth storyteller, Melly, who will share her empowering journey through homelessness during the pandemic. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And we out of here. Youth Voice Amplified is a youth-led project of the Kern County Superintendent of Schools Office, created, produced, and hosted by Janessa Fisher and Brian Johnson, with writing, research, and additional production support by Kim Silva, Allison Baptiste, and the Kern Educational Television Network. 
Major funding for the Youth Voice Amplified podcast is provided by the Student Achievement and Support Division of the California Department of Education through the Homeless Innovative Program Grant. Thanks for listening.